Welcome to Up in the Air, the podcast that's all about work, life, with a focus on the fascinating world of human design. I'm your host, Elena Bereski, and I'm excited to have you join me on this journey. Whether you're a curious beginner or a seasoned explorer of human design, join me as we unlock ways to help you better understand your unique path, tap into your potential, find work that lights you up, and most importantly, live your most authentic life. Hello, hello. Welcome back. In keeping with our 2024 theme, I want to talk about what is becoming one of my absolute favorite topics, especially the more time I spend on Instagram. And that is the myth of easy money and passive income. If you have, if you are in any way, shape, or form involved in the coaching community on Instagram, You'll probably see this quite a bit. And then I've also seen a ton of reels involving affiliate marketing, especially targeted towards moms or people with families, how easy it is to make six figures with affiliate marketing, with just your phone and a Venmo link. Um, and then if you go search on YouTube or, and I'm, I'm not on Facebook pretty consistently, so I'm guessing that it's probably there too though. But yeah, just go search on YouTube or Instagram for things like digital products or online courses, passive income, affiliate marketing. Etsy print on demand, and you are going to find no shortage of videos and courses that promise how to promise to teach you how to make six figures selling customized t-shirts for cats or digital planners or online courses and how to make money using making online courses and what have you. And I get it, right? Like we've had not everybody has the ability to work a full-time job or the desire to or the energy to. Corporate culture is not for everybody. And I think the idea that we can make money easily is, of course, incredibly enticing. And especially as we really start to divorce ourselves from the boss, babe, and hustle culture of the past couple of years, looking for ways to earn a living or just to bring in more household cash without working 12-hour days is a very alluring uh, prospect. It's very attractive marketing. But it's just that it really is just a lot of marketing because I think that more often than not, it's the land of empty promises. And I feel like I could easily make an entire like podcast volumes on this particular topic because, and granted, it's always been there. I remember back in the day, there being commercials on TV for when these like investment property gurus would be blowing into town at your local Marriott Conference Center, promising to show you how to start building your rental empire and collecting rental income with zero money down and all this, all these big grand promises. And I think a lot of those were pretty much, I don't want to say pyramid schemes, but they were very schmarmy. I don't know if they'll supposed to put it. If they weren't pyramid schemes, there was still an element to them of it being a lot of hot air, basically. So talking about this whole easy money rabbit hole, right? Make money while you sleep. There's a few things to consider, especially when it comes to potentially starting your own side gig or your own full-time gig. That before you start looking for the easy ways to make money, there's definitely a few things to consider. Starting with number one, no income is ever fully passive. Anything that you sell is going to have some maintenance required, period, end of story. Whether it's people having difficulty downloading your product, 
updating online courses by re-recording them with new information, doing market research on what you're selling, doing market research on what's trending so that you can update your products to stay relevant. Um, you need to, one, budget time to spend on whatever business that you start. And two, you also have to be available to handle all the issues that might arise. There's nothing like a bunch of client complaints to tank a fledgling business. And in fact, platforms like Etsy can actually shut you down and suspend your store if your response times to customers are terrible and if you keep getting a bunch of complaints. Another, I think, great example of passive income, and I referenced it with the investment property gurus coming to your local Sheraton this weekend only, but rental income. I was in the mortgage industry for 18 years, all of my corporate career. And having owned two houses myself, both as primary residences, neither of them were rentals, uh, for a very good reason, I can attest to the fact that owning a piece of real estate is far from passive. And you would be surprised, especially working in the mortgage industry, how many people did not invest in real estate and do not invest in investment properties. Why? Because they are a pain in the ass. Even with a management company, there are still things that you're going to have to address. You're going to have to do things like research fair market rents in the area. You're going to have to work with realtors to find tenants. If a tenant tears, if a tenant's dog tears up the neighbor's landscaping, if the market really starts to tank, if you can't find tenants, all this kind of stuff, like it's, it is a headache and a half. And it's very tempting to think, oh, I'll just hold on to this property and get a tenant in there and they'll sign a lease agreement and the mortgage is going to pay for itself. But, and we're going to talk a little bit about more or talk about Airbnb in a little bit. I think that's a great example of how, yeah, no, this is not passive income by any stretch of the imagination. Any income that you're going to make is going to require an investment of time and an investment of money. And then the second thing to really consider is what is your interest level? So given that you're going to have to spend time maintaining whatever it is that you're selling, it really needs to be something that you're actually interested in. It needs to be something that you enjoy doing and more to the point that you enjoy learning more about and improving your skill set at. If you're just looking to make a quick buck, flash in the pan, just give me something to pay off this credit card real quick then yeah, you can just probably create one course, really sell it, market the heck out of it, and hope to make money that way and to never have to do it again once you've accomplished your goal. But if you want this to be a form of recurring, ongoing income, pick something that you are actually interested in and want to continue to get better at. The reason that a lot of these people are out there promoting things as easy is because it is easy for them. This does not mean that it's going to be easy for you. Let's use digital planners, for example. I saw, I've seen a ton of videos on YouTube about how to make money selling digital planners or even invitations, just digital downloads on Etsy, for example, and how you can make money quickly and easily. Maybe selling them typically requires like a design application, for example, Canva which I use Canva when I create like Instagram and Facebook posts. And I've gotten, now that I'm over a year into using it, I've gotten pretty proficient with it. But it was not the most intuitive thing to use, at least in my opinion. While they do have like templates that you can use, in order to really market and to stand out, you're going to have, you're going to need to have really well-designed products. 
And then that comes down to, are you actually interested in learning about design? Are you actually interested in designing these digital products? Do you want to spend time and money becoming a better designer? Because that's really what's going to set you apart. Things feel easy to us when we enjoy the process. So if you have no desire to up your design game, are you really going to stick with it in the long term? No, you're probably going to get frustrated and just not want to deal with it. So pick something that you're interested in and that you actually want to grow your skill set in the foreseeable future. Number three, you have to consider startup costs. Start with no money is a very misguided and misleading statement. Canva Pro, which has the best templates and features that you're probably going to want to use is $120 per year. Etsy listings, I think are t- they're 20 cents each. Right? I can't remember if it's 60 or 90 days. Most Etsy store owners recommend having at least 75 plus listings in your shop to really look legitimate and to be attractive to buyers. Course platforms, if you're going to sell online courses, if you're going to take your knowledge, market as an online course, you need a site to host it on, right? There needs to be a place for people to go and to be able to access the course. And that initial investment, those can be anywhere from probably less than $100 a month to some like Kajabi, which can be up to almost $400 a month for their pro version. And if you're going to be a coach or a consultant and you want to sell like online courses, you are going to have some more higher end technology, like a more pro version of Kajabi. I personally use Cohere, which I think is a much um, more budget-friendly option, giving everything that they offer. I think Podia is another one, but you're probably looking at anywhere from $150 to $250 a month for like online courses to, to host these and have these be accessible. So with anything, there's going to be an initial investment that you're going to have to make to get started. A print-on-demand Etsy, like if somebody purchases a print-on-demand sweatshirt from your Etsy store, for example, you have to pay the print-on-demand company to actually produce and ship the sweatshirt. Etsy does not pay the print-on-demand company. Etsy pays you. So there's going to be this time period where you're going to have to front the costs of products if people are purchasing them until you start seeing your profits from Etsy come in so that you can start to build a bit of a cushion and use your profit profits to fund further print-on-demand products. So understanding that any business venture is going to require time, startup costs, and maintenance. Questions that you really need to ask yourself before forging ahead are, one, is this product something I'm truly interested in? Two, is this a skill set I want to grow for the foreseeable future? Three, am I willing to commit the time and money to get this off the ground? And four, if I don't see immediate results, am I committed to spending time, energy, and money for several months to give this a real shot at working? It can be very tempting to listen to the marketing of people who launch this business and make five grand in their first week. But I can tell you right now, that's really not the norm. These 100K launches for this coaching course and all of this stuff, there's so much information that isn't explained when people just throw out their results, right? We don't know what their following was. We, If they have 100,000 Instagram followers or hell, even 10,000, If you're selling a $20 course, if you've got 10,000 followers, it's going to be a lot easier for a hundred of those people to want to invest the $20 
potentially than if you only have a following of 200 people on Instagram. And it can be very tempting to think that for $100,000 a year, I'm going to get real interested in selling sewing machines via Amazon, Amazon drop shipping. Until you actually have to spend an entire gorgeous Saturday afternoon doing market research on sewing machines and updating your pricing. So a lot of these people that market certain niches as easy money have one thing in common. They are wonderful at researching and identifying market trends, capitalizing on them before the market becomes oversaturated. That's their skill set. That's their gift. And it's what comes easily to them. So they have no problems selling, spending a Saturday afternoon researching sewing machine prices on Amazon to get that set up because they're what drives them is I want to say like being able to hack the system or really being able to understand the system to be able to make it work for them. And they'll one day it's sewing machines, the next it's cat collars. And then you're onto Christmas ornaments, right? They have no trouble. They can quickly pick up these trends and these and do the market research and pivot really quickly. If that's not something that is your skill set, what they're telling you and what they are teaching isn't probably going to have the same results for you that it does for them. That's their skill set. Is it yours? And I can't really stress that enough that the best way to and just to bring extra cash in or to start your own business is to really understand where your skill set is. Of that skill set, what is it that you enjoy doing the most and learning about and want to continue to grow in? And then from there, how is it best? How is that best monetized? It might be online courses. It might be ebooks. It could be other types of products or services. But the easiest way to make money is going to be whatever comes easiest to you. So be careful and just really think about it before you jump on a bandwagon of people promising how easy it is to start your own coaching business or how easy it is to sell digital courses or how easy it is to grow your investment rental portfolio. Because that's just not the truth for everybody. And I referenced earlier that I think we would talk about Airbnb or that I would bring this up, but I think it's a great cautionary tale on jumping on the easy money train. People started snatching up properties to use as short-term rentals. People started talking about how easy it is to make money with Airbnb. You buy a condo, you pimp it out with all the latest HGTV-approved decor. You create these beautiful welcome booklets and you leave a bottle of wine and you just sit back and collect the cash. And then you hire a cleaning service to come in and handle it after somebody's gone. And the property pays for itself and make a a tidy profit. Everybody started to snatch up these properties and started to jump on this bandwagon because it's quote unquote such an easy way to own money. And my favorite myth of all time is that real estate is real estate is a great investment not always. And there's been some pretty serious consequences for housing markets and long-term rental markets, especially in major cities where they have these glut of Airbnbs. And we've started to see cities, it might be Dallas. I know there's some large cities that have started to actually ban short-term rentals, right? And this started out as 
me being able to rent out a room in my house and make some extra money on the weekends when, for example, somebody wants to blow into New York City, or maybe I travel a lot for business. And so I could do little short-term rentals and have people stay in my New York studio while I'm off traveling and make a little extra money that way, but it's still my primary home, right? It's still my it's still my place. It wasn't just for the purposes of investment. And now it's turned to purchasing these properties, which are typically condos. Typically, the more affordable housing options are the ones that get snatched up. And then too, for Airbnb owners, if you're number, if you're Airbnb number 5,679 in Scottsdale, Arizona, what can you really compete on? Because everybody's jumped on this bandwagon. Everybody's, if you go and look at a lot of these listings too, the decor is very similar. There's a lot of, they're all tastefully and aesthetically decorated. So where is your, how are you making your property stand out? So if the other 5,678 Airbnbs have the same aesthetic and similar amenities, where's your unique value? Why would I want to pick your Airbnb over somebody else's? And when things start to get really oversaturated, this can be Airbnb, this can be Etsy stores selling print on demand, this can be digital planners, this can be digital courses on how to grow your Instagram following. What ends up happening is there's so much supply that the only thing you can really compete on is price. And that's going to have its own set of issues. The main one being now your quote unquote easy money has turned into a very easy loss. And especially like, for example, with the Airbnb, unless you're super into real estate, like the real estate market and economic projections and predictions, you have to really hold real estate for a long while before it's going to truly pay off as an investment. And I think that a lot of people, especially the Airbnb owners, forget that the thing about business is that it's like business and you have to do your research and you have to be willing to write out the tough times to see a profit in the long run. And just to going back to the digital planners and stuff like that, if you go on to Etsy, yeah, you can sell Canva templates on Etsy, but there are so many options to choose from. And there are ones where it's like you can get 200 Instagram templates on Etsy and there are thousands and thousands of listings. So in order to really promote yours and to get them out there, you're probably going to have to spend money on ads so that when somebody searches, the Etsy ads are the ones with ads are typically the ones that pop up first. But the same thing potentially like with Instagram or Facebook, you're going to have to spend money on ads to really push your stuff out front and center, it can be really tempting to believe that you, if you are energetically aligned, that's all you need. And unfortunately, that's not typically the case. So I would also caution you against thinking that as long as we're spending money on coaching to become energetically aligned, yeah, you can absolutely, you absolutely need to be energetically aligned to call in business and to call in clients. But if, and this is a law of attraction or a manifestation thing, you have to make sure that energetic alignment isn't just focused on one area, especially, for example, Instagram or when it comes to social media. Because with, for example, well, Etsy, Airbnb, Instagram, 
most people are going to be pretty energetically aligned with what they're selling, especially if they took the time and did the research and really made a thoughtful product. It's not that they're not selling because they're not aligned with what they're doing. It's that they're not selling because there's so much oversaturation in the market that they aren't necessarily able to stand out the way they could if they maybe tried having an actual website or Pinterest or something like that. So in addition to the whole easy money trap, don't fall into the myth of all you need is energetic alignment because that one I think is terribly misleading. And while there is an element of truth to it, that energetic alignment is not the only thing that you need in business. So I would love to hear your thoughts on passive and quote unquote easy money in the comments below. That is it for today. And until next time, stay quirky, my friends. That brings us to the end of another episode of Up in the Air. I hope you found some food for thought or gained valuable insights into your unique life's journey. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated and it helps us reach more curious souls on their path to self-discovery. Keep exploring your human design and remember, it's a powerful tool for understanding yourself, your relationships, and your purpose in this world, but your soul always knows what's best. Stay true to your authentic self and may your journey be filled with inspiration and growth. Join us in our next episode where we'll continue to explore various topics aimed at unleashing our authentic selves. Until then, embrace your uniqueness, keep it quirky, and thanks for being a part of this journey.